welcome you back to this study in this series called The Questions of Pentecost. The Questions of Pentecost. And so we've looked at a number of different questions. We've looked at the question of what? We started with that on Pentecost Sunday. What is Pentecost? What do we mean when we speak about Pentecost Sunday? What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And so we, we spent some time and we looked at the biblical definition and, and what God's Word says about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The second week then, the main question was, why? Why should we seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit? We said that it, the Bible says it is a promise of God, it's a gift of the Father, and so why should we seek that? And we saw that God's Word was clear, it was so that we would be equipped and empowered to be a witness. So we looked at what, we looked at why. Last week was very practical. We were looking at the how. Remember, it was not this automatic, do these three or four or five or six things, and it's just guaranteed, and God's just going to zap you with it. But we looked at biblical principles, and from God's Word, here are some things we ought to do to put ourselves in a place, in an opportunity, where we can receive this gift from God. So we looked at the how. So that brings us then to today. Now what? Now what? This is the fourth week spending time on the Holy Spirit, so now what? For some of you, for many of you hopefully, you are a Christian who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So now what? Are you simply done? Is, is all of your boxes, are they all checked off and you say, I'm good, I don't need anything else? Now what? Maybe some of you, you're here, and uh, you've not received this gift, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been seeking, maybe you've been praying, maybe you've desired this gift and, and you've tried to follow through in, in many of these areas that we've been looking at. And you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now what? Now what does this mean for you? Does this mean that you're just done until next year, Pentecost Sunday? Can't do anything until next Pentecost Sunday. Can't do anything until the next opportunity. Is that really what that means? I mean, we've, we've created in some in, very intentional opportunities Four weeks, four Sundays, four intentional altar services, plus the fifth one, our, our area Pentecost service. So five very specific, very intentional Pentecost-themed opportunities in four weeks. But now what? Because you know what? There is an awful lot in this book, an awful lot in the Word of God to preach on. That doesn't mean that it's not going to come up. But this specific series, we're going to be concluding today. So the, the basic question to answer is, wherever you might be in your walk, in your journey with God, we want to hopefully answer the now what question. Now what? So first of all, in the now what response, we take a look at this. We are to seek faithfully. Seek faithfully. 
If you were here and we said that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for the Christian, it is a gift for the believer. So first of all, if you are here and you're not a Christian, seek God faithfully and surrender your heart and your life to him. If you're here as a Christian, but you've not yet received this gift, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the encouragement is continue to seek faithfully to receive this gift. Don't give up. Understand, God has this gift for the Christian, for the believer. Continue to seek Him and seek Him faithfully. Now, if you are here as a Christian and who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're not done either. Continue to seek God. Continue to seek Him faithfully. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know that it, it's an incredible experience, a life-changing experience. But don't just simply say, I'm good. Don't just simply say, I got it. My box is checked off. I've, I've fulfilled this requirement, so I'm good to go. Keep seeking faithfully. Understand that the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's not geared, not designed, not created, not intended to be a one-time experience. It's not just something where we say, I, re I received this gift, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the initial physical evidence, I, I spoke in tongues. Wow, that was incredible. Check. In fact, when you look at the biblical text, you look at the Word of God, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it was not a one-time, day of Pentecost-only type of experience, was it? You look through the book of Acts, there are multiple cases, multiple uh, sequences of individuals being baptized and filled in the Holy Spirit, actually being refilled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, we look at that as the day of Pentecost. But it's not as if the Holy Spirit descended and they, as Acts chapter 2, verse 4 says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That's not the last appearance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's not even the last appearance or instance of the baptism in the Holy Spirit for this group of believers. There was a group of believers, the apostles and others who were in the upper room, and just a couple of chapters later, as we continue watching this group through these next couple of chapters, Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Well, who's the they? As you take a look at the text, you see they refers to Peter and John and other believers. They were a part of the upper room. They were a part of the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, the initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues. And yet, just two chapters later, Peter and John and the believers says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke 
the word of God boldly. It's not meant to be just a one-time only experience. We're to keep seeking God, keep seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the fresh touch, the fresh filling, the refilling, if you would, of the Holy Spirit. A couple of other instances here. Take a look. Acts chapter 19, verse 6 is where we read of the very first Ephesian disciples being baptized in the Holy Spirit the first time. If you remember, Acts 19 was when here were disciples, here were believers, and they said, well, have you received the Holy Spirit since you've believed? They said, no, we, we haven't known anything about that. And so they're then baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 19, these disciples, these believers in Ephesus. Well, later on, Paul wrote them the book of Ephesians. It is a letter to the church at where? Ephesus, where these believers were. They were believers. They were disciples. They heard about the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. As Paul laid his hands upon them. And then he wrote to them later in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, his instructions to these believers were, be filled with the Spirit. You look at that, that verse in context, it says, don't be drunk on wine. Instead, as opposed to the alcohol, he says, you need to make sure that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Ephesian believers, this church that had received this gift in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 19. Here's what some of God's scholar Stanley Horton wrote about this verse. Preeminent uh, scholar from the Assemblies of God, wrote a number of different uh, theological commentaries. I had the uh, privilege and opportunity of meeting him back in Bible college days. Here's what he wrote about this particular verse. He says, we are to keep being filled with the Spirit. This, speaking about this verse, as the Greek indicates, is not a one-time experience, but a continued filling or repeated fillings, as the book of Acts suggests. So as we, when you read God's word, it's not just that you see the day of Pentecost occurs, and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they speak in other tongues, and then you never read about it again. That's not the case. What you read about, you read about many different people over the book of Acts being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You also read about, in several of these instances, some of the same individuals baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. It should be a repeated, continued, faithful opportunity that we would seek Him. So now what? Well, if you don't know Christ... Seek Him faithfully, surrender your life to Him. If you know Christ and you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, seek this gift, seek the promise of the Father. It's, it's not just on Pentecost Sunday. It's not just during the questions of Pentecost sermon series that you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Seek faithfully and know that He desires to baptize and to fill you. And then thirdly, if you are a Christian who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, continue to seek faith.
faithfully seek fresh fillings, fresh touches of the Holy Spirit in your heart and life. Now what? Seek faithfully. Secondly, this morning, now what? We need to pray passionately. Pray passionately. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, Paul is instructing, and he's writing about Christians in spiritual warfare. And he ends his instructions in verse 18, and he writes this, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, there's a, a couple of alls in there. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. How many of you know that we can vary the kinds of prayers that we have? It's not just pray for our food kind of prayers, although that's certainly a good one to pray, being thankful for food. Hopefully, it's, it's out of a heart of thankfulness and maybe not out of the, uh, you know, aspect of feeling like, I have to, I gotta. Hopefully there's the gratitude for the food we receive. But that's, that's a type of prayer, but hopefully that's not the only one. Hopefully it's more than just the, now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayer. I mean, those are good. Praying before bedtime and, and praying, thanking God for the day and praying for a good night of rest and praying with family members, you know, that, that's good. That's another type or kind or opportunity of prayer. Certainly there's, oh God, I'm in deep need kind of prayer. And we encounter some of those. We get in some, some deep situations and we don't know what to do. There's the prayers where we're, we're going to God for, for wisdom and guidance and direction and, and help. There's the going to God for wisdom kind of prayers. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of prayers. He's saying, in all kinds of prayers and requests. But he includes this phrase, he says, pray in the Spirit. That should be as well a part of our prayer time. Praying daily and, and asking the Holy Spirit for that fresh touch, that fresh infilling, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And as well in our prayer life and our prayer time, let it include some of that prayer language, that prayer, that speaking in tongues. So when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and that initial physical evidence is speaking in another language, speaking in another tongue, for some who maybe when, when you were first baptized, maybe what you spoke, boy, it, it didn't rattle off your tongue the way maybe some others who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit or maybe uh, other mature Christians or individuals, you, you hear them praying and and it's as if they can, they can pray in that language. Well, that's a, a part of the prayer time. As God baptizes you in the Holy Spirit, maybe it's a, a handful of syllables or a handful of kind of words in this heavenly language, and you're not sure exactly what that is. And so you're baptized in that. You're speaking those words out. You can then, in your personal prayer time, begin to pray in that prayer language. Now, do you know exactly what you're praying? 
No, it's, it's in a heavenly language. And in other words, in another part of the scripture, the Holy Spirit helps us and helps intercede for us as we pray. So we're able to pray in that language. It's that personal connection. It's that personal communication between us and God. It might sound completely different than anybody else in this church, or it might sound a little bit similar to somebody else. It's it's that prayer language, but let that be a, a part of our prayer time. That it's not just, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I spoke that language because I was, I was filled, I was baptized, and then I just leave it there. Let's continue with that. Let's allow God to develop that in us, to pray passionately and to pray in the Holy Spirit. Here's what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14.4. He says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. It's, it's positive. If you speak in a tongue or pray in this tongue, you edify himself. The message is a modern-day paraphrase, and they put it like this. The one who prays using a private prayer language certainly gets a lot out of it. Now, we don't necessarily know all of what that is because we don't know all of what that word uh, or or phrases or or sentences means, but it can be a productive part of our connection and our prayer life with God. And then Paul continues in verse 5. He says, I would that every one of you speak in tongues. There's that desire that each one as a believer, each one as a Christian would be baptized in the Holy Spirit, certainly to speak in tongues, but then begin to pray and develop that prayer life in the Holy Spirit. It's not just that we are seeking faithfully. Let us be faithful then to pray passionately. I'm going to encourage you, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and maybe not made that a a regular part or a faithful part of your prayer life and prayer time, I would encourage you to do that. Thirdly, now what? What now? When we must listen intently. Did you catch that? Listen intently. We've got to be sensitive to the voice of God. It's not just that we say, okay, I was really tuned in and ready to receive from God. It's the promise of God and the gift of the Father, and, and now I'm, I'm seeking Him. I received that gift, but since I received it, I'm just going to kind of shut myself off from God. We must continue to listen and be sensitive to His voice. Now, we start talking about hearing God's voice and being sensitive to the, uh, the leading of the Lord and the, the nudge and the, the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. It becomes a, a little bit difficult to quantify, right? Because more than likely, the majority of you have never heard an audible voice from God the way you are hearing my audible voice this morning. Even though technically it's only coming out of the monitors, you're still hearing an audible voice. Right? I have never heard an audible voice out loud from God. Yet, as I've grown in God, as I've gotten closer to Him, I have sensed 
the nudging, the leading, the guiding of the Holy Spirit in my life. Sometimes through the Word of God as I'm reading. Sometimes through prayer as I'm praying. Sometimes kind of that nudge internally as I'm just going about my day. But over time, you get to be a little bit more in tune to and sensitive to God's voice. When it comes to radios, you know, the older time, older days radios, rather than the digital tuning on today's modern uh, uh, vehicles, whether it would be um, a car radio or a boombox or a home stereo, you remember the, the little tuning knob. And you'd have that dial, and you know, uh, the FM dial would go down to what, like 87? And it goes up to, uh, what, about 107 point something? And you'd have this tuning dial, much like you would on the AM channels, going down from, what, five or 600 all the way up to, I don't know, 1,400, 50, whatever it is. But you'd have this little tuning dial, and, and you, would, you would kind of turn that dial until you got that radio station. So if you're trying to find a, a news station or a music station or that Christian gospel station, and you knew what the numbers were, you would turn that dial until that little number is right about where it should be. And then when you got kind of close, you'd... You know, as you're turning the dial, you might hear it start to come in and then go out. So what are you doing? You then take that dial, and you just kind of begin to nudge it back and forth a little bit until you're right on the line where that radio station is. If you're not careful, and you're going a little too fast, you can go right over that and miss it, right? You've got to kind of get tuned into that station. A little bit of the same way, I would encourage us to do that with God. Sometimes in the hustle and bustle of life, we can just kind of go on about our day, and, and God's maybe trying to speak and, and get our attention in the Word of God or in, in a time of prayer or through some of our day-to-day -day activities, and we're just trudging right on by without sensing what God's wanting to do. Let's, let's kind of allow God to fine-tune us and get us geared into, tuned into His voice. If we are to be Spirit-led, we've got to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. We've got to allow ourselves to be tuned in to Him. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, it's the encouragement about making sure that we're tuned into God and not hardened to God. Hebrews 3, 7 and 8 says this, As the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts, as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Referring back to the Israelites from the Old Testament. Referring back to the time when, remember, they were so close and so sensitive to God. And then over time, they kind of lost that sensitivity to Him. Kind of did their own thing. You ever felt like it's been that way with you? If you were to look back at your life as a believer, as a Christian, maybe there was a time when you gave your life to Christ 
Or maybe there is a time with a special service, a special series, a special revival, a special camp, a special speaker, and oh, God got a hold of your heart, and you were in tune, and you were sensitive to God. You were in the Word of God. You were in a time of prayer. You, you were just, boy, everything that God was nudging you to do, you would do. Unfortunately, over time, sometimes that sensitivity decreases. If we're not careful, we allow other things to kind of come into our hearts and come into our lives and, and get in between us and God. And that sensitivity to Him is, is not quite as good as it should be. I mean, if you're trying to listen to one person's voice, if, if I'm saying, hey, Mel, I want to hear your voice. Say hi, Mel. Hi, Mel. <laughs> Great job, Mel. If you're the only one speaking, I'm going to hear you loud and clear. Now, on the count of three, I want all of you in here to yell, Hi, Mel. Are you ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. Now, I heard a lot of stuff, and every, it, it all sounded about the same. It all sounded like everybody was saying, hi, Mel. But when everybody was speaking, honestly, Mel, I, I didn't hear you. And that's oftentimes what happens in our walk with God. If God's the only one speaking, if, if we are concerned about seeking Him and Him alone and tuning into Him when He speaks, as the old E.F. Hutton commercial would say, and we're going to listen, but once you get all kinds of other voices speaking into your life, it's really, really hard to tune in. It doesn't mean that all these other voices are bad. I'm looking around here. There's some pretty good people in here. But if, if I'm just wanting to hear something that Mel has to say to me, but you're all speaking, it's going to be very, very difficult to hear him speak. Not that you're bad. There's just too much getting in the way of me focusing on his voice. Oftentimes what happens, us and God. There's some great things that we're a part of. Having a job and doing well at our job is excellent. But is that creeping in, in between us hearing from God? Family, excellent. Having good financial plan, excellent. I mean, there's so many things, entertainment and fun and options, a lot of great, great things that we could be a part of. But if we let all of these voices speak at the same time, and we don't focus in, we don't kind of zero in, tune in on God, His voice gets lost in the shuffle, and we're missing out on what God wants from us. So whether you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit or not, 
Either way, we've got to be listening intently for God. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I encourage you, again, pray and, and seek and, and hear Him. Listen to what God's desiring to speak to you. If you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then all the more, let's be tuned into what God wants to do because part of that is the empowerment and the equipping to be a witness. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're out and about in your family, in your job, in your community, and you kind of sense that nudge about speaking to this person, if you're tuned into God, you're, you're reading and you're praying, you're spending time with Him, you're going to kind of sense that nudge. And here's what happens. When you follow that nudge and do what God tells you to do, though it might be a little awkward at times, you kind of grow in that sensitivity to God to hear His voice. But if, if we're allowing all these other things to, to creep into our lives and we're not really focused in on what God has to say, God might be wanting to speak to us or speak through us or use us to be a blessing to other people. It's like our ears are clogged. It's like we're not hearing, we're not focused, we're not listening, we're not attentive. So now what? Seek faithfully, pray passionately, listen intently. Fourthly, grow daily. It's one of my all-time favorite quotes. I know I've used it a number of times. I'd heard it years ago. The quote goes like this. You either grow daily or you die gradually. You either grow daily or you die gradually. There's not this in-between, and, and many times it's as if we want to kind of be in that in-between. You can't halfway ride a bicycle. You can't get up and, and sit on a bicycle and go nowhere. You're either riding forward or you're falling. In our spiritual walk with God, we're either seeking to grow little by little, day by day, or unfortunately, we're dying. We're, we're growing backwards. One of the huge parts of us growing on a day-to-day -day basis, we've talked about prayer, we've talked about listening to God, we can grow daily by getting into God's Word. We, we mention this on, on a regular basis year after year and many times throughout the year. We want to encourage you, get into God's Word on a daily basis. We've got... Free Bible devotionals in the foyer. A little scripture, a little reading, a couple little questions. If you don't have anything uh, to, to go on or to use, that's a great way to start or a great supplement to maybe what you're already doing or reading. We've got several different paper Bible reading guides in the foyer. We encourage you, if you've got a, a smartphone or a, a tablet, get the version, the Bible app. All kinds of Bible reading guides, teachings, devotionals, video devotionals. What are those? Those are all just tools to help you get into this. We can grow little by little, day by day, as we get into God's Word. When we do that, God's Word speaks life into us. Why? Because it's alive! Alive! 
Doesn't that sound like the uh, sci-fi movie, right? <laughs> the, I don't know, is that the Frankenstein? or what, what? Is that the one where he goes, it's alive! I'm sorry, I, I'm a little weird sometimes. But when I look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that's a little bit of what I think of. It says, for the word of God is alive. Other, other translations say it's living and active. It's alive. It is active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit. And it divides the joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There's a lot of good books to read. How many of you like to read? How many of you are glad you're out of school and you never want to pick up another book again? There's a few of you. Personally, I enjoy reading. I, I read a lot of books. I, I, I get more books than I actually read. I mean, for everyone I read, I probably either receive or purchase two or three. I mean, I got piles everywhere, and, and my, you know, my, my bookcases are going crazy, and I've got boxes all over the place. I enjoy reading. I read a, a number of different types of books. I've got a number of different uh, good authors, and some of them are biblical works, and some of them are, are um, you know, fiction, but with, uh, with a message. I mean, a lot of different kinds of things. But I can read those books, and I think, man, that, that was a good lesson. I, I got a good inspiration. I got a good principle from that, and I put it back on my shelf. I read that book once. There's very, very few of my books I've read more than once. I just got too many to catch up on. But this book, God's Word, I read this cover to cover every single year and find more stuff I didn't know. Why? It's not just a book you put on the shelf. It's not just a book, you, you, you pull a bookmark from this one to put in the next one. It's not just a book where you find a couple of quotes. It's living. It's alive! It is. Every time you see uh, an alien movie, every time you see you know, Frankenstein, every time you see any of these creations, you're going to, just trust me, you're going to think about God's word. It's alive. It's living. It's active. It's sharp. It pierces. It cuts. I mean, how many times have you read this book? You've read God's word, and you just you felt like you had this blow to the gut. You're like, oh, wow, that hurt. Because you were reading about something, and, and God's saying, you've got to change. It's God's word that's confronting. It's, it's God's word that's, that's doing that work. So we grow daily. A huge way is getting into God's word. A lot of great things we can read. But we've got to make sure we're growing by getting into God's word and allowing God's word to get into us. In fact, you know, the book of Acts would be an incredible study. We've been using and quoting each of these weeks a number of the scriptures from the book of Acts. It would be a great thing, starting today, 
pull up Acts chapter 1 and just little by little, whether it's a, a couple paragraphs a day or a chapter a day or a couple chapters, work your way through God's Word in the book of Acts and focus in, zero in on the work of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and see how often, how many times it's referenced. Get into God's Word. So now what? Seek faithfully, pray passionately, listen intently, grow daily, and finally, oh no, here's that word again, obey. Obey intentionally. You see, it's not enough just to be willing and ready to seek God. It's not enough just to say, God, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray more, and, and I'm, I'm even going to begin to, to pray in the Holy Spirit and, and try to grow and build in, in that, that prayer life with God. And that's great. God, I'm going, to, I'm going to really try to listen for your voice. Like I was trying to listen for Mel's voice. God, I'm going to listen for your voice. And not only am I going to listen, I'm going to, I'm going to read your word. All of those things are good, but if we do all of them but without obeying, we're falling short. Here's what James says. You know the scripture. James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. He's not saying don't listen to the word of God. He's not saying, don't read the Word of God. He's not saying, don't spend time with God. What he's saying is, don't just, don't only read. Follow your reading, follow your studying, follow your seeking, follow your praying, follow it up with obeying. Put it into practice. Now, lest you think, well, that's just James. I only do something if it's Jesus who says it. Well, then I got some good news for you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 26. Here's Jesus. It's in red letters in your Bible. It goes like this. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. How many of you want to be a foolish man or a foolish woman? Okay, I don't see any hands raised. That's good. That's good. That means you're listening intently. Okay. Jesus says, if you hear what I'm saying, but you don't put it into practice, you're a foolish man, a foolish woman who builds a house on sand. In other words, it's pretty useless and futile. Building a house on sand? The tide comes in and out. It's going to wash that away. That doesn't make any sense. That's not going to get you anywhere. He's saying the same thing. Don't just listen. Here, here's the thing. We're really good at listening. We're really good at letting stuff come in. All of you, you're here today. Awesome. You're hearing God's word. The challenge is don't just hear it. Don't just listen. Let's do something about it. 
Sunday school discipleship, men and women and children and youth. There's a lot of teaching, a lot of training, a lot that we listen to. We can even maybe be pretty faithful to read God's Word and maybe be faithful to spend some time in prayer. It's this very, very last step that's really a challenge for us. Obeying intentionally. Let's not just seek God, let's obey. Let's not just spend time in prayer, but let's obey. Let's not just listen to what God says, let's do what He says. And let's not just grow daily in a regular time of word, but let's obey. Obey intentionally, not accidentally. Not stumbling our way into doing what God's Word says, but intentionally doing as God says. There's a whole lot of things that we can look at. But this morning, in light of our series, in light of our questions, now what? Here's a handful of things we ought to do. Seek faithfully, pray passionately, Listen intently, grow daily, and obey intentionally.